They're keeping an eye on the ISIS terrorists that were released from prison when the Taliban took over. Impossible. Impossible. Why, There's, it's impossible. That, because, first off, like I, like I was saying earlier, the, Kabul is a, it's a, it's in a valley. It's surrounded by mountains. However, that, that city is vast. It's spread out. It's not high. It doesn't. It does. There's not very many buildings that are very high, tall, but it is very vast and spread out. And there's there's residential homes. There is. It is easy to get anywhere you need to, with and especially since you control the streets, the Taliban, to get anywhere you want. Those who by now they're probably armed. A lot of them have joined the ranks of the Taliban. So who knows? Let's see. Kolchar uh, uh, was it Kolchar or Kolchar uh, and. It, was 5,000 fighters, I believe. And then the, the, uh, and that's not that far away from Kabul, but then you had the, the prison that was near Kabul that had about 2,500, I believe. If I'm not mistaken on my numbers, I, maybe, uh, it helped me with that, but it was a, there's thousands of fighters that are going to join the ranks of the Taliban now. Prisons let out, they're joining the Taliban, and Joe Biden after this complete and utter disaster of a pullout plan that initially tried to blame it on Trump. And I always try to continue to remind everybody, tell me one thing that Joe Biden followed that Trump had in place. He canceled the Keystone pipeline. Uh, he, he rejoined the Paris Accord. Uh, he, he opened up the border. He did the exact opposite of everything that Trump was doing. Everything. So there's no, there's no sane way a person could try to tell me or any of us that he was following Donald Trump's plan. Uh, so he's trying to take more responsibility for it, but uh, he still hasn't. And he hasn't done anything different to change it. Uh, if you guys are just now joining me, I'm on with Scott Puckett and Victor Marks, uh, two badasses, basically veterans. Uh, Victor has a team right now in Afghanistan. Scott has worked uh, on the ground in Afghanistan. Uh, they're they're just two two brave and bad dudes that represent America and represent America well, and they're giving us the inside scoop on what uh, what we're not hearing right now from the mainstream media. So, Victor, when you hear Joe Biden say that they're keeping a close eye to make sure there's no terrorist attacks that are going to take place, uh, can we believe that? Can we trust that Joe Biden, as president of the United States, is actually telling us the truth or being honest with us? Well, my question is how. How are you keeping a close eye when they're not allowing any U.S. military personnel outside of the gates? There's, there's, there's no way. Yeah. And and I mean, we. I want I want to say a couple of things to people who are stuck that may be watching this, or they're going to forward this to people's family. Uh, the best, the the biggest obstacle right now to getting the safety uh, into the airfield are the checkpoints. Uh, but I would. The, the airport, so people understand, one side is military and one side is civilian. The civilian side has been overrun, and it's, I mean, it's complete chaos. Uh, we've had reports that the gates are closed to get into where people need safety because what was happening is people had made it into the gates and brought in, and you, you've got to be American or allies or SIV, uh, especially on just visa. I, I want to tell you something. They were they started overrunning the planes coming in to pick them up because they were just hanging out. If there were supplies were being brought in, they were hitting it. 
So what we've been told from our network inside is that they're being housed in a cage. There's about 5,000 uh, people in this huge cage because they can't, you know, military people are not going to let them run around uh, and get crazy. And there's such a survival, you know, going on. So I would say this, uh, there's a couple of places for U.S. citizens and SIV applicants to move to. One of them is Camp Sullivan. Uh, Camp Sullivan, you can go to that. The other is uh, the gate. It's called Abigate. Another one is the North Gate. Uh, it's on the north side of the airfield. Uh, again, you know, real time. And the problem is people will go to the gate and it may open for a short period of time. They'll let a few in. But then the mob starts coming and then the Taliban, they'll throw, they'll throw, you know, smoke grenades, gas. They'll start shooting, which causes an absolute stampede. And people are getting trampled. Kids are being trampled. And then they have to close the gates uh, right away. So, therefore, you just have this massing of people. So, believe me, I know because we're working in there, there are Americans, even, you know, uh, it's not going to, you know, there's a sergeant major, uh, command sergeant major and his wife who who is pregnant that can't get through the gates right now. So, it, it's not what he's saying. Just come to the just come to the gate. No, no way. We need to be able to go out there, get people, and bring them in. We need to set up just what Scotty said. Push, make us have a perimeter. Push it back because uh, it's it's so it's so out of control. Uh, I mean, the last two nights we've been trying to move a family and help other people, and we've seen what's happening, and it's it's really bad. Unless there's an intervention. Thousands are going to be slaughtered, raped. While the military that's there can't do anything. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're being forced to just stand by. And what, right, let's, what let's, Victor was talking about on that civilian side, the uh, and, and now thinking back and looking at the photographs and the videos, all those people had rushed on that, on the civilian side. The civilian side is backed up by Kabul. The military side is a is basically backed up by a mount or a hillside or there's a small mountain on the other side, a range that runs down, and so there's nowhere to go, and they're just all those civilians, all those those Afghans are just going to continue to press in yeah. to that, and and you see in the video now that I'm I'm thinking about it, the MRAPs and the other military vehicles are having to put up basically a, a makeshift porous perimeter on the airfield and then the helicopters the the apaches are having to clear for those birds to fly to, to take off so that makes sense now what you're saying victor because and and that is a small area for five thousand six thousand people to be in it there's nowhere to go right all right let's let's look at this next clip of uh of joe and uh see if it makes any sense Afghanistan, but you also promised not to, to help to bring out those who helped America in its war effort. We've seen these heart-wrenching images at the Kabul airport of people trying to get there, say nothing of the people who can't get to that airport. You made the commitment to get American troops out, uh, to get, uh, get American citizens out. Will you make the same commitment to those who assisted in the American war effort over the last 20 years, number one? And then number two, what is your message to the America's partners around the world who have criticized not the withdrawal, but the conduct of that withdrawal and made, it, made them question America's credibility on the world stage. 
I have seen no question of our credibility from our allies around the world. I've spoken with our NATO allies. We've spoken with NATO allies, the Secretary of State. Our national security advisor has been in contact with his counterparts throughout the world and our allies, as has the general, our, our, excuse me, I keep calling him a general, but my Secretary of Defense. The fact of the matter is, I have not seen that. As a matter of fact, the exact opposite I've gotten. He's gotten, from some intel, he's gotten the exact opposite that other world leaders are not looking at Biden's actions uh, shamefully. What's your take on that, Victor? Of course they are. That's all that is is a messaging. Uh, it's just simple messaging. And people know better than that. Uh, people can see right through it. I don't understand where we've come in politics to where someone can stand up and tell you a complete lie looking at you uh, and expect you to believe it. But I guess people have, but they can't anymore. I mean, that's just that's just absolutely foolish. So uh, the way you deal with people like him and people in media is you divide what's assumptions to what's fact. Assumptions to what's fact, because people live off of assumptions and perceptions, and that's what's killing us right now versus just facts. Somebody just call them straight what it is and go, well, this person said this. And then they'll they'll get cornered, but it, it's messaging. All of this is just a campaign for me- messaging to get a narrative out. Yeah, um, yeah. Your I, I love your your uh, perspective uh, versus facts, right? That's the one thing I at least appreciated about Donald Trump. When pre- we had President Trump, he would just give us the facts, or he'd say, "I'm not going to give you that information." But in a situation like this where we want to hear facts, all Biden has given us is speculation. Yeah. It's all and, he's given us. And here's another thing to consider to think about is uh, when when President Trump answered questions, he didn't look to his left and right for answers. Right. He knew yeah. the answers. He knew the answers, right. and he answered them quickly. And like you said, if he wasn't going to tell you, or he what didn't he wasn't doesn't think didn't think it was prudent or 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 uh, you know a, a smart thing to do to answer that question, he didn't answer. But he was bold and he was straightforward about it. We knew when the man was going to tell you the truth. Yeah, he's a leader. It, and even if it hurt your feelings, he was going to tell you the truth. Hey, the beauty of bluntness is that it threatens, it, it challenges the strong, but threatens the weak. Right. Yeah. And here we are in a matter of we need bluntness, we need honesty, we need straightforward facts, we need someone to step up and say, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what it takes to make sure Americans come home." We're not getting it, and so it's a lie to think for one moment that the world leaders are not watching this and seeing sheer weakness in the White House, his regime. And you said it earlier, no doubt. You well, said 100. It. it is a regime. It is a regime, and those those people are not doing the will of the people. It is not happening. Um, one more one more little caveat before this next clip. I think this will blow your minds. I haven't even shared this on social media yet, but uh, the difference between uh, Donald Trump and the, the the difference between the military we had under President Donald Trump, from what I've heard, was. The military said that they, they their handcuffs were taken off. They could go to work. They could do their job. 
they could get stuff done. Under Obama, they were sitting on their hands. Good friend of mine, Eddie Gallagher, Navy SEAL, uh, he said he was like sitting on his hands under Obama. He couldn't do anything. Trump gets in. It's like, do what you have to do. Go get the job done. Uh, what, Soleimani threatens our embassy? Boom, Soleimani's gone. There was strength. We had peace because of strength. W- what can you guys say to uh, to that, Victor? Was that what wow. it was? That, is that just me, you know, appreciating who I thought Donald Trump was as president of the United States? Or, or is that uh, from the backside of it? Is that who he was? No, definitely who he was. You know, uh, he let people do their job. He let professionals hunt bad people. Uh, again, uh, you know, a month and a half ago, so I was in Baghdad and um, never went to the green zone because we had some stuff to do helping widows and, and orphans. Uh, but I'll tell you what was interesting, driving uh, around Baghdad is seeing these huge signs that's of Suleimani, the general, and saying, we will never forget the blood of the martyrs. And uh, and I'm like, well, you, you may never forget, but he's gone. And that's the difference between talk and action. And uh, I was up, I was at a FOB, and we were, again, because part of our organizations, we, we help active veterans and uh, uh, active duty. So I'm just trying to phrase this carefully. So I was in a, a, a FOB and helping some things, and we helped out a, uh, a Tier 1 uh, group and did some training. But this, this, this is a visual. He, he, he pulls out his everyday carry, and he goes, I want you to have this. I want you to have this. I go, well, well thank you. And he goes, but it's very used. I said, well, I'll wash it before I cut an apple. And I think that really, I think, I think that describes uh, the difference between being able to execute and do your job and smoke bad guys or sit in your hands and then go crazy in your mind. And uh, Biden has neutered the military, whereas Trump didn't. I was in Iraq. I mean, I was with all the ISIS fighting. I, again, we were bringing kids home out of Mosul during the fighting because we were covering, you know, orphans and that was our lane we were running in. But I'll tell you what, special operations community never been happier when they're allowed to do what they do best. Scott, can you uh, you concur underneath yeah. Trump's leadership were the were the handcuffs off the military? Go do what you're trained to do, what we trained you to do. Is that uh, does that uh, resonate? I agree 100 percent. You could tell by the way our. Well, I mean, look, look what Trump did. OK, he stepped into North Korea. He made a, <laughs> a peace accord. Right. He, he the man. No one. No president. Yeah. Lived, no president in our past has ever stepped into North Korea. Right. So yeah. that's pretty doggone historic. OK, yeah. so <laughs> he, he, he created a he, he helped broker a peace accord with, with the Israelis and the Palestinians. The world was at peace. There was plenty of people that didn't want it that way, but he created peace with power. Yeah. They knew he had the authority. He didn't hesitate to share that because that's that, like he says, the art of the deal. He had the ability to back up what he was saying. And there was men out there ready and willing, the men and women in the military that were willing to back up what he said. Because they knew he had their back. Yeah. 
And I, and I can only imagine for, uh, for a person in the military that have to make you feel proud, honored, privileged that, you know, the commander in chief has your back and has trust and faith in you to go get the job done and execute on the training and strategy that you've learned. And on a personal level, for me, it's it goes really deep because he helped pardon my four Blackwater brothers from the Nisor Square debacle where they were accused, wrongly accused, of slaughtering innocent civilians. It didn't happen. The proof is there. Sean Ryan did a podcast on it. The, the It's a five-hour, over a five-hour podcast they just recently did with Sean Ryan, and it'll lay it all out. So he knew and he listened. When people came to him, he listened. And that's why so many people, men, women that, that were found themselves on the wrong end of the military bureaucracy, knuckling them under, were able to breathe and were relieved of this these false allegations against them. Yeah. Uh, he's about facts, not assumptions. Absolutely. And, and, and he, you know what? I, I definitely think that... Uh, uh, the military can foster, and it is now in, in a great way, where leaders make decisions based on their advancement, not what's the right thing to do, in and the right regardless of the consequences. And uh, so you're rewarded for being weak and just trying to get promoted, and that is disgusting in in leaders uh, anywhere. Uh, yeah. All right, I want to get your guys' reaction to this. The uh, the Taliban are flaunting uh, all the Christmas presents that Joe Biden just gave them. What, what, what do you guys think about when you see that? I guess it's only letting me talk. I'll, I'll, let, I'll get your reaction after this. Absolutely insane to me. So the world is seeing that. Uh, I want to make sure you're not muted. I was trying to talk to you during. I thought I could. The world is seeing that. This we're is leaving. just the beginning. The this military is seeing this. Yep. We're seeing this. What are your thoughts? As two trained uh, operators experienced in battle and war, and understand what's at stake. What are, what are your thoughts when you watch this, Scott? We'll start with you. Well, this is just this is just the beginning. This those those small arms were just the tip of the iceberg of what they've gained, and who knows where some of our other armament and and military highly volatile, deadly military equipment has ended up in Pakistan or other points unknown. They have. This is just the beginning. And you have to understand the nexus between the Chinese and the Russians and the Taliban and then the precious metals that they're going to be able to, to to mine out of the ground and how much money they're about to gain. They are going to be which is, the wealthiest. Which is, why China, which is why China's already back in the Taliban, buddying up to them. The Taliban's like, sure, China, come on in. Uh, they want to mine the, 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 the ground for the minerals and the resources. 
we, we, we're literally looking at potentially the growing, the birthing of the most powerful and united from Al-Qaeda to ISIS to Taliban, most powerful united with their entire own country and the backing and support of China, potentially Russia. We don't know what they're doing yet in the history of the world. I mean, it's like people that talk about end times and talk about global yeah. wars. You can see how this right here is laying the foundation for that. They are there. They're in Mesopotamia. They're in the area, the, the zone, right? They're right next door to Pakistan. So you have now another Iran and another Pakistan, the brewing, the making of another Pakistan or Iran right there. One of the two or both. I mean, or the or the worst of both. Who knows? Yeah, the, the, the posturing doesn't impress me uh, because they're not. If we were allowed to do what we should do, <laughs> it's not that hard. But, but again, it goes back yeah, to they can walk around with the guns and they can have the look, but they don't have the training that 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 our U.S. military has. But the clock is ticking. Yeah, and we and we have enemies: the Pakis, yeah. the Pakistans, the 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 Iranians, they the Chinese, the Russians. They can get the training. It, yeah. They have a place to do it now. And that's that's the reason, another reason why we should have stayed there. We didn't have to have a large footprint. What we had was enough. We haven't yeah. had combat. We haven't had problems. We haven't had violence in year, a couple of years now, yeah. outside of a few small incidents. There was stability in the area. Again, yeah. the Afghan people do not care about a central government. Right. And, Scotty, we I think we were running, what, around 4,000 troops? As part of a international coalition, it, 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 we we weren't at war. We were just maintaining a presence and a footprint enough to keep them back. So uh, you know this the support. It was a support function. Yeah. See if you if you pay attention, um, Eric Prince was just on Newsmax last night, and he was talking about how they weren't even allowed. He offered the same deal. To President Trump, he offered the same deal to President to, to, to Biden. Yep. I can't. It's hard for me to say president. Yeah. He president on paper, I say. Yeah. He, he offered the same deal to them to step in and as, as a contractor role to support the Afghans. Right. Right. Now, some generals got in the way of that taking place while President Trump was in office. And and Mr. Prince, who I still call him boss, you got a lot of respect for him. The man's still out there doing it. He's still willing to do it. He's still willing to step up to the plate and swing. And here we are right now, 2021, he's still willing to do it. And there's a lot of guys like me that would be – I'm still young enough. I'd be happy to go over there right now. My wife wouldn't be too happy, but I would be <laughs> Well, all right. Let's yeah, – uh, well, if you guys are still – Hey, and all yeah, that ahead, compare 4,000 troops compared to – I think we have 80,000 in Japan yeah. right now. So yeah. it's, it's, uh, this is completely unacceptable, what he's done. And the solution, again, it, you know, things could change. It's going to get really bad. Right now it's chaotic, but without any presence there, I want people just to think about the number of girls, women that are going to be raped, men that are going to be killed. But the Taliban will the Taliban will rape and kill their family in front of them. Scotty knows it. it the, the level of evil, uh, and it, it's going to shake it's going to shake the world. I was in Iraq during the height of the Sunni Shia uprising. I remember Zarqawi 
and the brutalness. Yeah. These men would cut heads off of other human beings and sew dog heads on them as the ultimate sign of disrespect. Yeah. They took power drills. You've seen you've seen them in the movie. And I saw it with my own two eyes. I saw the body stacked like cordwood. I saw the disrespect that they had for 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 the the Sunnis versus the Shia. They don't care. And they don't. And these men, the Taliban, are just as evil, and they will do the same exact thing to to Christians, women, men who defy them, who do not join them. Yeah. It's 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 evil. It's sheer it evil. Is. I want to get through the rest of these clips. I don't want to take you, take you guys up uh, too much more of your time, but let's let's burn through these because I, I had them pulled out for a reason. So let's uh, check out this next clip of Biden. No one, I shouldn't say no one, the consensus was that it was highly unlikely that in 11 days they'd collapse and fall and the leader of Afghanistan would flee the country. Uh, it was highly unlikely that the collapse would take place in 11 days. I think that kind of segues into this next video. I think we all understand and know that that's complete hogwash. Uh, he actually kind of answers his own question, I believe, in this next clip. Let me play it. Sir, just on that initial assessment, we we learned uh, over the last 24 hours that there was a dissent cable from the State Department. Sure. Uh, saying that the Taliban would come faster uh, through Afghanistan. Can you say why, after that cable was issued, the U.S. didn't do more to get Americans got out. all kinds of cables, all kinds of advice. If you notice, it ranged from this group saying that they didn't say it'd fall when it would fall, when it did fall, but saying that it would fall to others saying it wouldn't happen for a long time and they'd be able to sustain themselves through the end of the year. I made the decision. The buck stops with me. I took the consensus opinion. The consensus opinion was that, in fact, it would not occur if it occurred until later in the year. So it was my decision. Victor. Uh, he's responsible for deaths and murders. And he's to step down in, in disgrace. Where's the humility? It used to be there was a time in our country where men would, would say, I made the mistake, I'm taking the responsibility, and I'm stepping down now. You know, where, where is this is the, the general? Where, where are these people who made these let him make these stupid decisions? Yeah. Uh, and back to facts, I I'm really puzzled how. Uh, I mean, I just did four countries in six days, came wow. back. We started this operation. And I'm stunned that the American people can watch just a, a man answer the way he does it, it it blows my mind that he has it, I, yeah. I don't get it i don't we're not watching our grandfather tell oh, stories on the port this this is this is the united states of america and he's supposed to be the president this yeah. isn't story time with grandpa this is serious oh. this is not politics this is life and death and people are dying because he yeah. is not capable and when I well, the, one of the first things that I thought, too, is he said he heard that it could be, you know, sooner or it could be four months, but he was still willing to make the decision. So if it was his understanding that there could be a, co a complete collapse of Afghanistan and a takeover of the from the Taliban within four months, and yet he still made the decision to go along with it. 
despicable. That's what I hear. Yeah. Well, it, it's uh, again, it goes back to leadership and why. Well, I don't understand how people, again, I, I hope that people that elected him will sit back with a level of just common sense and go, this was bad and it's getting worse. Let's check out this next clip, uh, Scott. We'll see if he comes back. All right. What interest do we have in Afghanistan at this point with al-Qaeda gone? We went to Afghanistan for the express purpose of getting rid of al-Qaeda in Afghanistan, as well as getting Osama bin Laden. And we did. 